call the meeting to order. Ms. Troublefield, will you please take the roll? Mr. Cathel? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Ms. Moses? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. We have a quorum. We have a motion to go into executive session? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 We're in executive session. Go inside the building. I'd like to reconvene the public session, regular session of the board meeting. Good evening. I'd like to welcome everyone this evening to our first outdoor board meeting. Thank you for coming out. We've got a lot of business to attend to this evening. We ask for your patience. I acknowledge that many of you are here in attendance tonight for the mandate directed by our governor and the secretary of education. We will open the board meeting with public session. Twice we have public session, once in the beginning, once near the conclusion. We will attempt to allow as many voices to be heard as possible. This can only happen if we ask you to speak for what our policy is, three minutes for an individual, five minutes for a group. This can allow everyone here tonight to hopefully get to speak. I humbly ask for your decorum. Please be role models. We try to be role models for our students throughout this meeting. And again, thank you. We look forward to the discussion. Do I have approval for the agenda for August the 23rd? Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, passes by unanimous vote. May we please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. The flag is in the south end of the field. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please be seated. Do I have a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes from July to 26 and also the executive session minutes from July to 26? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Before we move into public comments, is there any motions to be brought in front of the board? Make a motion to extend public comment to 30 minutes. Public comment is normally 15 minutes as per the schedule. Motion has been made to extend it to 30 minutes for the first public session. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? We would like to move forward with public comments. Dr. Owens, would you like to go through the list? Those that are signed up? Yes. First this evening is Molly Carter. If you could let us know on behalf of a individual or a group. I know you've indicated here individual. Thank you. Three minutes. Thank you. Good evening. I'm here tonight to ask you to do what you as sitting school board members are elected to do. According to Title 14, Chapter 10, it is under your authority to determine policy and develop rules and regulations for the general admission and supervision of the district. 
This means standing up to the governor's mandates if he or DOE supersedes this authority. I understand for some of you that's especially uncomfortable because of your career positions. However, you understood the overlap of these duties when running for school board. Susan Bunting put this mask mandate into Title 14 without any input from local school boards. I ask you and the community to think about what else can be done without input from school boards and why this was done without it. Just this week at the state school board meeting of which Susan Bunting is a sitting school board member, state test results were unveiled. 70% of children in this state are not proficient in mathematics. Now many of you and other school leaders will dismiss these results saying last year cannot be counted, but some grade bands had 70% of students taking the test statewide. Local control. Susan Bunting removed that control. I caution you if this continues, many more things can be mandated. If Susan Bunting and the governor mandated district consolidation with one single set of high paid leaders rather than 19, you wouldn't be complying. If they mandated teacher pay be equal using the lowest pay as the base, teachers wouldn't be complying. I also caution you that I will be documenting issues my children have with masks, both in terms of special education services and in the regular classroom setting. Last year, my son couldn't breathe during gym and they were outside in 90 degrees as he has allergy induced asthma. He respectfully moved away from the class and pulled his mask down. He was told if he did it again, he would go to the principal. My daughter is special education and has a speech issue and she's been masked all year. I am telling you all now, should my children return in September, I will hold each of you personally accountable for any future medical issues, including mental health, my children have with or from masks. Being concerned about the lack of local control is not selfish, as many union teachers have claimed. The teachers union may need to be reminded that it took me coming to a board meeting last spring to force them to bring kids back to school on Wednesdays. Even then, some high school teachers still refused to teach and students sat in quiet classrooms. When I first questioned the lack of teaching on Wednesdays back in April, one educator from my children's school posted about my child's special education services publicly on social media. Others have claimed reaching out to you all is a quote waste of time. I'll remember advocating as a waste of time during the next referendum. Even worse, the union does the same bullying of teachers not in the union. I've had several teachers reach out who are concerned about the mandate, yet scary was for the mandate and which of you's against it. Make a motion tonight. Parents deserve to see where you stand because this week we learned elections have consequences and I don't want to make mistakes during the next school board election. Also, call, call the governor's bluff. Let him take the political fall should he cut funding or your insurance for not following his orders. That would be stupid after 18 months of no learning for our kids. He isn't that brave. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Kristen Cordry. She is signed up as a group with the parents of Sussex County. Uh, as indicated, you'll have five minutes. Thank you. <clears throat> Hello, board. My name is Kristen, and today I'm speaking as the administrator of We, the Parents of Sussex County, and a mother and aunt. Today, I would like for you to listen to us parents as we share our stories and our reasoning, but also want you to think of what you would individually do or want for your child. We know we aren't the ones we know that you aren't the ones who pushed for this and that Governor Carney makes the decisions, but we are here to ask you, the ones who have the voice and the power, to appeal this mandate and ask for Carney to reconsider. While you do your jobs as parents are trying to do ours by protecting our children, global studies have shown that kids between the ages of 6 and 17 were affected 72% more mentally, behaviorally, and emotionally during this pandemic than actually being positive and symptomatic from the virus. So when we say that we know what's best for our children, please know that this has nothing to do with politics, but everything to do with the health and emotional being of our children. I picked up my knees so many times last year during a short period of in-person learning because of her anxiety that turned into panic attacks due to wearing a mask. Imagine being diagnosed with anxiety going into school, which is also a 
just brings anxiety to begin with, but then putting a mask on your child. I wonder how I was going to say everything I needed to in only a few minutes, but I'll leave it with this. There's a mix-up in our society. There are some that think that those who don't believe in our children wearing masks believe that COVID isn't real or doesn't exist. We know that it exists. We've seen it with our own eyes. We just know that the chances of symptomatic children are very low, and there's a lack of proven studies that our children in general can't pass COVID-19 at all. We also know that the effects of our chil children mentally and our edu their education are more at risk than the probability of them even getting COVID-19. If we offered a form, if you guys offered a form that, would, that we could sign saying that we know the risk of sending our kids to school, then couldn't this all go away? We are choosing that what is best for our children. Think of the kindergartners that are already scared to leave mom and dad already and then have to stand, be too scared to stand too close to someone. Think of the children with glasses like my son who spent half the time in class taking off his glasses to clear the fog off them due to masks. Or the children like my niece who suffer from mental illness that have to wear a mask that causes more harm than good. Children who have sensory disabilities and show behavioral issues because they can't express their emotions properly. Children that have a hard time in a learning atmosphere in general then times that by 100 in a mask. Ultimately, our responsibility is to take care of our children's health and well-being, and your responsibility is to make sure our children get a great education. As parents, we're upset because that line has completely disappeared. Our state is trying to co-parent, and that is not okay. The mission of Indian River School District is, quote, to ensure that students attain the knowledge, skills, and attitudes needed to realize their potential and meet the challenges of their life choices, end quote. Their knowledge and their skills and their attitudes will be compromised due to this mandate. Our children need to not fear everything around us, but have faith that everything one day will be okay. Today, I will fight against this mask mandate to know that later I'll be fighting against hybrid and virtual learning. And in the future fight for my children not attending school because they don't have a vaccination card, no matter the low numbers of positive cases in children in the state of Delaware, Governor Carney will still continue to c control the lives and future of my kids and yours. In my, my job position, I have worked with youth, and I cannot tell you how many of our middle schoolers and our high schoolers were mentally affected by the 2020-2021 school year. I speak for them. I speak for my son, my nieces, my neighbors, my brother and sisters through Christ. Please show your love for these kids as you always have. And appeal this ask. Ask Governor Carney to reconsider this mask mandate because we need you more than ever. Thank you. May God be with you. Thank you. <clears throat> Andrea Caggiano, sorry about that pronunciation. If I didn't get that right, you're speaking as an individual. All right, I had to cross out a lot because these ladies are amazing and they've already said some things. So when you're ready. Okay, ready? I'm Andrea Caggiano, I'm a parent. I'm here for Indian River High School SMS students. Lord Baltimore and for the two-year-old kids and up. Look at these parents and guardians speaking up for our data, our numbers, standing up for their children. This is a community outcry. During the height of COVID, Indian River High School, we had maybe 10 calls. That included adults. SMS, seven positive calls. That included adults. Student or adult, what grade contract tracing will follow? Then silence. It did not run rampant. It did not knock out classes or we would have had that phone call. 
grandmothers, mothers, fathers, our community is tight. If our children were suffering, oh, believe me, you would have had an outcry, and it didn't happen. We've had 300,000 visitors on every given weekend, each week checking out different families for 49 different states checking in. Our kids work this crowd, 13 to 18 year olds, busing tables, picking up used utensils, plates, cups, scraping half-eaten food off of plates, dishwashing, washing tables, open doors, greeting, no mask, setting up beach chairs, picking up those sweaty beach chairs, the baggers at the grocery stores with all the touched groceries. No mask, didn't catch it. The percentage of Sussex County vaccinated out of all ages, 60.7%, 12 and up, 69.3%. So you know that percentage? That's 122,195 community kids. 65 and older in our area is 97.9% vaccinated. Our neighboring county, Worcester, no masks for kids. Maryland has the highest state for vaccination. Worcester County is only 57%. Hogan and Mr. Taylor see their numbers. Carney doesn't. <coughs> August 23rd, CDC on the Delaware COVID website. Sussex County is characterized by having, a so, having social vulnerability, the SVI, of 0.4%, which indicates moderate to low vulnerability. When the 49 different states leave our area, low to zero. 2018, we had 9 million visitors. 2019, we had the COVID highway, COVID squatters. We had a full house. Our grocery stores were packed. Our kids were in this. Del Dot has not released any information for 2019-20. Our kids have suffered no education, no social activities, all masked. My 12-year-old ELA st honor student diagnosed with depression. After our 2 million visitors leave Delaware, our governor masks us up, our kids up. Please, you guys, you need to stick up for our community. You've heard our voices. This is our community outcry. This is the outcry. Our students haven't been affected. Thank you. Next up, Jennifer Hurd speaking as an individual. Hello, I am Jennifer Hurd. I, I don't have to give you any type of um, facts because these fabulous women, Molly, Kristen, and Andrea, they have given it to you. So I'm just gonna start easy. My husband, Joe, and I are raising two children in this school district. We love it. We live in a resort area, excuse me, we live in a resort area of Long Neck. We have dozens or more delicious restaurants, Bars from Route 24 between Bay Farm Road and Long Neck Road area all the way down to Massey's Landing. We have two gorgeous, beautiful golf courses within five minutes from each other. One is public, the other is private. I'm sure a lot of you know the Jack Nichols, Nicks, excuse me, Jack Nichols signature golf course, the Peninsula, owned by Trone. Golf Weekly Magazine named Trone affiliated courses as one of the best. We have several 
fully equipped campgrounds, one being Massey's Landing Campground. Did you know that it was owned by Blue Water RV Resorts and Campgrounds? USA Today ranked Blue Water RV Resorts and Campground top 10 across America. Some of our very own teachers, staff, parents, and students work at the places that I just mentioned. Bartending, waiting staff, server, cook, barbacks, barbacks that's just to name a few. We have miles worth of beaches on the Indian River and Rehoboth Bays in Long Neck. Let's not forget the marinas, the boat launches, the playgrounds, and the water sport rentals. We have two active AMVETs, one local ladies group, many HOAs, business owners, residents, and volunteers who organize wonderful events and activities for the community children, all maskless. We also have thousands and thousands of visitors and tourists who vacation in our tiny little resort in Long Neck, maskless. Our children have been maskless all summer. All children in Delaware have been on the beach, at the pools, restaurants, state fairs, vacation, mini baseball leagues, concerts, riding bikes with neighborhood children, Walmart, Giant, the outlets, boardwalk, beach fires, and work. They serve people at our local restaurants. They help prepare the food, clean dishes, do the floors, and wipe down our tables. They work behind the counters at the ice cream shops, pizza shops, bagel shops, locals farmers market, and state Excuse parks. Me, 15 seconds. 32 other states do not wear a mask. We are begging you to make masks optional thank you very much for listening to each and every one of us thank you next up is Eileen Mooney speaking as an individual okay good evening thank you for giving me this opportunity as a mother grandmother a missus as I go by I uh, need to speak up for my grandchildren who are now in the district. I, uh, along with these, young, these ladies that have spoken, I second their emotion, but I can go to some research. If you go to Delaware.gov today, there are no numbers, none whatsoever, that show any numbers of children that are even COVID positive. Now, what's wrong with that? Wouldn't you think that would be a reason to put on, you know, their website so we can be aware as parents and make an educated guess what works for us. Mask, no mask. As they said, you go into all these stores all summer long, no mask. This has become political and there's not one person here that convinced me otherwise, okay? I'm tired of it, okay? We, you work for us, I mean no disrespect for, to any of you. I understand you're in a bad shape yourself as far as this is concerned. But I will quote some very highly respected doctors. Imagine that. Doctors, not politicians. Okay? A Dr. Marty McCary and a Dr. Cody Meisner who put out a, a, a Wall Street Journal article regarding masks and the negatives of wearing a mask for a child. Phonetic development. Acne might not be, see, be a big deal to some people. Anxiety. Myopia, um, I've lost my train of thought, <laughs> but um, also they consciously don't feel like they even can see each other. 
They're supposed to smile. They're children. They don't have a care in the world. Why in God's name, and yes, I'll say God, as I stand here as a Christian woman, why are we doing this? Okay? Carney can sit in his little world and mandate. The CDC recommends a mask. They don't go, oh, well, you should wear a mask because they change it every other day, like changing the channel on TV anyway, but that's beside the point. Children do not get COVID. And if they do, they get a mild case. It's nothing worse than a bad cold. And yes, I researched that. Okay? This is beyond bizarre. And I'm tired of it. And as a taxpayer, as a parent, my children went through the school district. No. Enough is enough. As a human being, as somebody with intelligence, you know it's wrong. Please, do the right thing. I ask you. Thank you for your time. Next up, Angela Miller, speaking as an individual. Hi, good evening. My daughters are seven and 13, and our family was so happy when Indian River School District decided to go with five days learning this year instead of the cohorts and online learning like last year. My girls both love going to school and being around other people. Recently, we were met with disappointment in the decision of Governor Carney to mandate masks in our schools for this school year. I understand why the school board feels the need to comply with the mandate. It's all a political game, and I know the state help funds our schools, so not complying can pose risk for funding. I also do remember quite well that when Carney recommended we close down longer after the winter break, other districts complied, but Indian River District did not. We remained open, which I was extremely proud for our district in making that decision, so I know it's possible to go against what he says. <coughs> that being said, I strongly urge the board to reconsider letting the parents choose what the best direction is for our children. If you want your child to wear a mask, great, do it. If you don't, great, do that. It should be up to the government. It should not be up to the government or you as the board to decide what is best for my child. On a daily basis, I entrust our school to, with decisions like what classes my children should take, extra help, school lunch options, consequences for good and bad actions while in school. But that's where the decisions should stop. The lowest risk group of people when it comes to COVID is our children. And I, as their parent, am not afraid. I cannot live my life in fear. It's no quality of life, and I don't want my children to live in fear either. Our kids are looking at other children now as potential illnesses instead of potential friendships. COVID has given a substantial number of children anxiety and depression from being home and away from their peers. I want my children to play with other kids. I want them to embrace an upset child. I want them to love and care and share all the things that I learned as a child and made me who I am today. And this last year and a half has taken that away from them. Then we have other issues of mass. A child like my seven-year-old who is learning to read and enunciate words. Viewing a teacher's mouth is crucial in understanding completely and pronouncing correctly. We also have the effects of not building their immune systems by wearing masks on their face and putting them at risk of pleurisy and other respiratory illnesses from breathing in things they shouldn't all day long, five days straight, seven or eight hours or more a day. Children are more at risk by the seasonal flu than they are COVID, and children have never had to wear masks for the flu. I read on social media that in IRSD, our children would be punished to the same extent as smoking or doing drugs in school if we send them to school without masks, and that's just absurd. 
Our neighboring district, Worcester County and Maryland are making masks optional. So we are more at risk a few miles away than they are? The answer is no. I'm urging this board to reconsider this mandate and stop making our children a pawn in politics. My child, my choice. Thank you for your time. Next up, Ed Timmons Jr. speaking as an individual. My name is Ed Timmons. I'm a fifth generation Sussex County native who lives in Ocean View. I have hundreds of family members who have attended school in the district, have worked in the district, with many family members still working in the district. I started kindergarten at Lower Baltimore Elementary and graduated from Indian River High School. My children attend LB just like I did. Over the last few weeks, I have been getting calls from family and friends about this issue, and they have asked me to speak up to our school board members and speak out at meetings like this. Many who have asked me to speak out work in the district and fear retaliation for disagreeing with recent policies. As a data scientist who has developed hundreds of algorithms for analyzing data at scale, I can tell you that the science behind masking our kids for seven hours a day, five days a week is not there. Over 30 studies confirm that wearing a face mask does not slow the spread of disease. Anecdotally, Hawaii and Japan, who boast the highest face mask compliance in the world at 98% compliance, are having, this, are having some of the highest coronavirus case counts in recent weeks. While Sweden, which has been demonized for not locking down their country and not mandating face masks, has not seen a rise in cases over the past few weeks. There are many more real-world examples of why face masks are wholly ineffective against reducing the spread of SARS-CoV-2 and are perhaps dangerous to our children's health and educational development. I agree with the last speaker. My daughter comes home crying because she couldn't see the, the teacher saying the word on a spelling test and she gets it wrong. Sad, it's sad. During the entire pandemic, only two in the age group of zero to 17 have died from COVID. In all of Delaware, there's no science that supports the use of flimsy cloth face masks to reduce the spread of COVID, none. Given that, we as an independent school district and community should be able to choose what is best for our kids. But sadly, I found out these past couple of weeks that we are not independent as we've been led to believe. I was told by my school representative that our school is a state agency and we cannot make the decision for ourselves <coughs> because we may lose our insurance if we go against the governor's executive order. Or we might lose our state funding. This is news to me. So let me get this straight. We are free to choose when air conditioners get replaced and at what cost and are free to select food pickup locations, but when it comes to the most important decisions, such as muzzling our kids for seven hours a day, affecting their health and development, we have to defer to the state. What about curriculum? Are we still able to decide our own curriculum in light of the recently passed legislation? What about losing state funding? Isn't this our money anyway? Are they threatening to withhold our own money that we've sent to the state through our taxes and is supposed to be coming back to our schools? The reason we have an independent school district with a board of representatives so we can so we as a community can decide what is best for our children. But that power and autonomy has been stolen from us from an overreaching, power-hungry executive office, and our board says there is nothing me, we can do seconds. about it. Sadly, this has led me to make an extremely difficult decision to pull my kids out of Lord Baltimore and begin homeschooling, if nothing has changed. I hate it, and I'm angry about it. A lot of people are. That's why I'm here to speak, to speak for those who can't. These are our schools, our families, that our families have built with our tax dollars for decades. They should not be stolen from us and turned into state-run schools. It's time for the board, for our board, to decide if they are going to stand with us, the people, who they are supposed to be serving, 
We must unite against this oppressive central power and restore independence to our school district. It's time to get creative. Thank you. Next up, Keely Weber, speaking as an individual. Hi, and good evening. My name is Keely Weber. I'm a former teacher from Washington, DC. I've lived here for 15 years, and I have four kids in the district. One has already graduated, one is at Selbyville Middle, and two are at Lord Baltimore. I'm not here to scream, and I'm not here to tell you the thousand ways masks don't work. I'm not here to argue the science, because I know that you've already heard that and know that. I'm not even going to address all the other issues, the money, the politics, the greed, the fear, because none of that has a place in our classroom with our children. I'm here to tell you that you are being called upon to think hard on what's right and to do what's difficult. In the education field, we are not called to be followers. We are called to be fighters, fighters for the children, and that requires strength. God gave me four children to protect, as I have so far, and now he has called me to fight for them. I am here to advocate for my parental right to choose masks or no masks for my kids. My son was in kindergarten when this started. He's my youngest. He came to hate school and begged me every single day, mommy, don't make me go, don't make me go. That's him FaceTiming me, sorry. <laughs> to him, it was like a prison. I had the opportunity to go into the school one time and it was the saddest thing that I have ever seen and I'm not sure if you all have had that chance. The lunchroom is usually full of boisterous children, laughing, talking, sharing, they were all six feet apart, not speaking, staring at the wall. And it broke my heart as a mom and a teacher. And normally I wouldn't be here speaking, but the people who normally wouldn't speak need to speak up now. It's time. <laughs> he was unable to see his teacher's face or hear her words. He has suffered academically and emotionally he is going to be in second grade now and doesn't even know how to write a full sentence. That was the other child in middle school. <laughs> As if I, I cannot sit by and watch these kids suffer another year and be silent in the face of their suffering. My children are my children and I want my rights back as a parent to choose whether they wear a mask or not. And if you take that from me, then I want the assurance that a nurse will be monitoring my children's oxygen level on the hour, every hour. Because as I've been told by my family doctor, anything below 92 is killing brain cells. Excuse me, 15 seconds. Okay, we are robbing Peter to pay Paul and our kids are Peter and I'm done with it. My kids deserve a right to an in-person education and a right to talk and see friends and faces and play I am for the children and I always will be. The kids need you to stand up for them and take the path least taken, pull on that strength and set them free. The emotional ramifications of this will echo for generations. 
and I won't die knowing that I was silent in the face of my kids' biggest struggle. Choose with me and don't be silent. Thank you. Lauren Fritz Mariner, speaking as an individual. Thank you for your time tonight. I am here to support one of the board members that I know has been speaking out publicly, privately, and unconditionally, and that is Jim Fritz. If anyone here doesn't know Jim Fritz, I encourage you to get to know him. He is my ex-husband and we have a daughter who graduated in 2016 from the school. I now have two small children who were students in the district who I now homeschool through Classical Conversations, which is a wonderful homeschooling program, but I'm one of the lucky ones. There are families here who have to go to work every day. They need the institution. They need you guys to make the right decision so that their children can come to school every day and learn. They cannot learn when they are constantly touching their face. They cannot learn when they cannot see words coming out of each other's mouth. They cannot learn when they are not in groups and pods doing hands-on. They can't do it. I know most of you sitting here and you know me. You have the opportunity right now to make a difference all across the nation. We are in Biden's home state. Make a difference. Put us on the map that we are intelligent individuals who can think for ourselves, who have the rights to our children. The state does not. So I implore you this evening, Listen to the man on the end who has been feeding you information, documentation, studies, research, and he has tirelessly been fighting for children, and he doesn't even have a child in the district anymore. So I am so appreciative of this man, and I know all of the rest of you on the board agree, so don't be fearful. Now is the time to stand up when the rest of the country seems to be putting their tail between their legs. You can do it. We need you to do it. Make it a parent's choice. Thank you. Brian Mooney, speaking as an individual. Good evening, parents, school board members. My name is Brian Mooney. I'm a proud Sussex Central alumni. Went to this school right over here, walked this gym in 2006, and I was proud to graduate from this school and go to this school district. Now, I don't have as many numbers as, as these ladies presented to you earlier, but I wanna state my case as well. Dr. Marty McCary, a master of, of public health from Harvard University and a PhD from Thomas Jefferson University, states that masks cause severe irritations around the lips along with acne for children. My son over there, who was in fourth grade last year, had to wear a mask and was diagnosed with preoral dermatitis, which means he had a rash around his lips for most of the year because of the bacteria and the moisture that that mask caused around his face. I was called, my wife and I were called multiple times from the principal and the nurse's office that he had to go down to the nurse's office and sit until he would keep his mask on. Now he's allergic, 
He wants to take his mask off. He wants to breathe the fresh air like children belong doing. Masks also can exacerbate anxiety and breathing difficulties in children, as I just stated. And masks are not even proven to prevent COVID. It's just recommended by the CDC, which apparently runs our country now and the world. <laughs> CDC also reported as of July 31st that the rate of hospitalizations in children from 5 to 17 was 250 per 100,000. Now, if you do a little arithmetic, I think that's about 0.5, perhaps, maybe. I'm not sure. And we also know that mo more than half of our country has been vaccinated. Now, I'll make this short and sweet. We're all asking these board members here to do the right thing and fight this. Fight this good and hard. Benjamin Franklin once said, those who are, those who are willing to trade our freedoms for security deserve either of them. And if you don't fight this, I promise you that me, yourselves, and the people behind me will be no better than the people who were raised behind the Iron Curtain of the Soviet Union. Thank you. Trevor Hurd, speaking as an individual. Good evening. Um, I'm not going to throw numbers at you or statistics or data. Um, I have two children in the Indian River School District, one in the high school and one in Lord Baltimore. Um, I know some of you on the board right now. Um, I'm also a youth pastor. My wife is also a teacher at, at one of the local schools. So I kind of touch all the boxes. What I want to say to you tonight is, is short and simple. I think you've been put in this position by God Almighty. And what I think, and what God is talking to me to say to you is this, is that I'm praying for you. My church is praying for you. My friends are praying for you. My wife and I pray for you. And I want to pray for you right now because I believe the Lord's put you in a position to have courage, to be bold, <coughs> to stand up, to make a difference, to do what you were elected to do. I know some of you have made up your mind and some of you haven't. But I'm going to pray for you right now in the three minutes that I have. And I hope you take this to heart. That the Lord is with you. And he's put you in that position for a reason. So if you'll bow your heads with me, I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for bringing us here tonight. What a sense of community that we have here on display. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our teachers. I pray for our high school principals and our middle school and our, our elementary school principals. Because they're amazing. My wife is amazing, an amazing teacher, selfless. All of them are. And instead of spewing hate at them and, and anger and so forth, I just want to lift them up. I want to just, Lord, I want you to touch their hearts. I want you to touch their minds. I want you to give them courage. I want you to give them power. And I want you to help them make the right decision. I pray for that, Lord. I pray for them. I don't hate anyone. I love them. I'm called to love them. And I think we lose track of that as a, as a community, that we are all one. And we are all put here for a specific reason. Bless them, Father. Protect them. Help them. Give them courage. In your name, amen. amen. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being out here.
we've reached the 30 minute mark. We have three more speakers. I make a motion that we continue on with the three speakers that are signed up to speak. Second. So moved. Second. Motion second. made and seconded. Is there any further discussion upon that? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Dr. Owens, will you please move on with the next speaker? Bill Mad Mandon, speaking as an individual. Thanks for letting me speak. I just can't uh, talk with us. Some of the other people have brought up in terms of uh, statistics and everything else, but uh, my name is Bill Martin. I live in Harbison. And I have no children or grandchildren. I never have. And, but I'm, this is very important to me as an individual and to see the way the kids are growing up. With all of the stuff that's going on, it's uh, extremely important that everybody get involved with masks and other things. So what I wanted to bring up, too, is uh, just some informational things regarding the SARS and the MERSA virus, which had a 15% mortality rate, and there was no masks going on then. And also, uh, the mortality rate for the COVID right now, the China virus, is uh, less than 1%. So, and also, back in 2019, we had a million people die of tuberculosis, and there was no mask mandate back then uh, throughout the country. We never heard, heard a thing about it. But I just wanted to bring these points up just for informational purposes and for other people to understand what I'm saying. So, but I appreciate your time, and if I could yield back my time to somebody else, uh, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, folks. Lynn Van Halton, sorry if I mispronounced that, Lynn Van Halton speaking as an individual. My name is Lynn Van Houter. I'm a grandmother raising a granddaughter. I already have had a child go through the school system. I've been a teacher of special education and children with autism. And I've worked with the unions, not agreeing with what they do, but they have protected people. And again, I would like to, I'm a little out of order here, but um, I would like to thank you for everything that you are doing and everything that you are working so hard for, for us as people. Um, I don't, I can't back, um, I can't say any more than the other people who have spoken with statistics, but I do want to say very short and sweet that um, seems like we're ruling with emotion nowadays and all the reason has gone by the wayside and the people's rights along with it. Money seems to rule and I think that that is a big part of the um, state mandates as well as the teachers unions. One of the things that I've never agreed with as well as their politics. Um, so when money rules, freedom doesn't, education doesn't. The new form of segregation that is rampant in our schools under the form of CRT, that rules. I'd like another chance to speak about that at great length, but it doesn't fit tonight. So if segregation rules in all the different ways that we separate our kids, our people in society, 
then we're not together anymore. And we rule as people together. Our country has been founded upon that, along with all the mistakes. But we've learned from those mistakes. So I implore you, please consider the voices of people. We're not dumb. Thank you very much. Sheldon Hudson, speaking as an individual. Good evening, board. For the record, my name is Sheldon Hudson, S-H-E-L-D-O-N-H-U-D-S-O-N. I live at 20834 Brunswick Lane, Plantation Lakes, Millsboro. I am a native Sussex Countyan and graduated from Indian River High School in 1995. I have a master's degree in government from Regent University. Before I begin for ethical reasons, I want to clarify at the outset that while I too am a public official, I speak to you tonight solely as a concerned taxpayer who both owns real property in and lives in the Indian River School District. I would respectfully ask for your attention while I speak. I am passionately requesting that the Indian River School District join neighboring Worcester County Public Schools in not imposing any policies requiring masking, vaccination, quarantining, or physical distancing. If such policies have already been adopted, I would ask that they immediately be eliminated on the basis of science and otherwise. <laughs> while, under, while under the 10th Amendment, school boards, of course, reserve the right not to comply regardless, I recognize that, in some instances, the governor may have some say with regard to the matters in question. If this is, in fact, the case, I would ask that the board immediately contact the governor in writing and express its fervent opposition to the mandates he is seeking to impose. It's only fair to you that he feel the same pressure you are feeling. Uh, even according to the state's official quote-unquote COVID-19 site, coronavirus.delaware.gov, despite the supposed recent uptick in the number of positive tests, since the very beginning of what some refer to as the pandemic, only two Delawareans under the age of 18 have died from COVID-19. Yes, I said two in a state with a population of nearly one million people. That's 0.0002%. I want you to know that I am sensitive to the fact that each of you is, no doubt, under tremendous pressure from DPH, DOE, and others to go along with so-called popular wisdom in the case at hand. That being said, I would ask you not only to follow your gut, but the data I just mentioned. Yes, some will accuse you of being a selfish, unenlightened person if you do and you may be more apt to be challenged come election time as a result. But I pray in Jesus' name that you would be courageous by choosing to do what is right here. We must remind ourselves that the Constitution and statutes trump executive orders and regulations, and we must not fall prey to intellectualism. The very civil rights of the students, teachers, and district staff are at stake, and your constituents are counting on you as their elected representatives to stand in the gap for them on this most important issue. Thank you for listening, and thank you in advance for your boldness. Those were all the members that had signed up to speak public session this evening, according to the roster that we have. At this point, we're going to move on to the board meeting, and we also have a section at the end that allows some public comment. 5.01, school choice applications. Mr. Lewis. <clears throat> Good evening. 
On board docks this evening, you will see a total of 64 school choice applications. We are asking the board to approve 62 of those and to deny two, and the two being denied is for discipline. Again, a total of 64 school choice applications, 62 we are asking to be approved and two of those to be denied. Also, I want to make a um, correction on the Georgetown Elementary. Uh, you see that one area for the Delmar student, that is a priority one, that's a uh, typo. It's listed in your board docs as a priority seven, that should be a priority one student, returning student. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. These have been vetted by the principals at the uh, named schools, am I That is correct. Okay. Is there a motion to accept these recommendations? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Is there further discussion? Hearing no further discussion, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you. 5.02. 2021-2022 school year. Dr. Owens. Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Layfield. As I've done the last several months, I am prepared to give an update on the 21-22 school year, uh, most specifically our plan that uh, has been finalized here within the last week. Uh, our team has worked hard over the summer to prepare for a return to a more traditional environment this school year. I'd like to take a few minutes to go through what we have in place as school will begin on September 7th for kindergarten, 6th and 9th grade, and September 8th for all students. We received great feedback from this staggered start last year to allow those that are new to the school an opportunity to experience their schedule with, without the full student body. Uh, and it first, enrollment, we have enrolled 290 additional students since August 1st. 140 have withdrawn for a net gain, again, <coughs> since August 1st of 150. Currently, we have roughly 10,700 students enrolled. This exceeds our 10,592 students enrolled on September 30th of last year, and we anticipate seeing those numbers continue to grow over the next month. What I'm sharing tonight is outlined within our safe return to in-person instruction and continuity of services plan, which is available on our district website, irsd.net. That said, I'd like to highlight some of our most salient points. First, we are pleased to be able to welcome all students back into our school full-time five days a week this year. A remote option is available to those students who qualify with a medical documentation. documentation. Monitoring, we are asking that all students and staff monitor their health status daily before coming to school. A COVID-19 symptoms questionnaire will be made available to all students and staff. Social distancing, three feet of social distancing is recommended in our schools when possible. Obviously, some of our schools are near or over capacity, thus social distancing is not always possible. Cleaning, custodial staff cleans and disinfects all buildings with CDC approved products. Custodial staff has been trained to assist in cleaning buildings and will continue to follow the most recent guidelines provided by the CDC. Students and staff will have access to hand washing facilities, supplies, and hand sanitizers. And as we've heard tonight, mask on August 10th, the governor did announce that everyone in kindergarten, everyone kindergarten age and older in Delaware schools must wear face coverings indoors regardless of his or her vaccination status. This man, mask mandate includes students, teachers, staff, and visitors to our school with the following ex exceptions. 
went outside, went seated at a table to eat or drink, went asleep, went asleep such as nap time for our younger students, when a person is in a personal space like an office and others outside of the person's household are not present, and when children are not in the school building or facility. Persons who have a medical condition, condition or disability that prevents them from wearing a mask can request a reasonable accommodation. And uh, as we've said in the past, federal mandates do require masks to be worn on our school buses. And I will pause there before going into our instructional plan on, and our plan for emotional and mental health support to take any questions. <clears throat> Dr. Owens, do they dictate or list any of the medical conditions that uh, would waive or allow a student to wear a mask or they just say specifically medical con medical condition medical conditions no no um, no one dictated which medical conditions would be um, looked at so if we had to follow this mandate we would have everyone's pediatrician writing a note to come into school so the students could not wear a mask is that a problem you see that could generate with this If it's not dictated, we really can't answer that question here tonight, can we? Currently, we have a process for students that would receive homebound services, and we analyze the documentation that we would receive. So any note that we receive, we would analyze in the same manner that we have previously for students that would receive um, services and would analyze um, for a mask mandate as well. I appreciate your clarification with what you could clarify. All right. Dr. Adder? Yeah, since the governor is not following good science in asking for masks and is certainly not considering any of the secondary effects of the mandatory isolation, and there are so many, um, I agree with Mr. Fritz and a lot of other members on the board that they, they're looking at one item, which is the masks, and they're not considering the secondary items at all. And since we are under very strong duress to do what the government has dictated, um, and that's what it is, is a dictation, um, I'd like to make a motion that we have a vote of no confidence and ask that his minions study and fix what he is creating. What they're doing right now is not going to be good, and I have a feeling that at least one of the people across from me will certainly agree with what I'm saying. Amen. So I'm making a motion for no confidence. There's a motion that's been brought forward for no confidence so on the order that was specified. Is there a second? To be, to be clear. Yes is no confidence, or <laughs> which one's the yes and the no? Okay, the yes means that you have no confidence in the governor, his staff, or DPH. Okay, I second the motion. Second. There's a motion made in a second. I'm assuming there's going to be some more discussion. Is there any further discussion? Are we referring strictly to the mask mandate or the governor at all? I'm talking about the mask mandate and the fact that he is absolutely not considering the secondary conditions. They are treating this as a zero-sum game where the disease is everything and it isn't. There are far bigger problems. The statistics that were quoted, um, this, the statement from Benjamin Franklin, I totally agree with because I've done this many, I, I can't say enough but they're, they're only looking at one item, and we have a whole picture here of things that need to be looked at, and that's being utterly and totally rejected. So I'm not going to bore you. I'm not going to bore you with the uh, research studies that I brought along this evening. 
that I've uh, scoured through over the last few weeks. I will tell you that uh, I have emailed Dr. Bunning and asked her why the state was derelict in his duties back in 2018 and 2019. And I say that because if you take the last 18 months, according to the CDC's website, there's 430 deaths under the age of 17 in the United States. That's in the last 18 months. In 2018-2019 flu season, there were 434 deaths in the country due to the flu. In one year, four more than have passed in the last 18 months. Where was the mask mandate in 2018 and 2019 to protect the students? And Mr. Fritz, the going back on 20 years, because I've looked at the same numbers you have, the rolling average on the flu is between 350 and 1,000 kids per year. You picked the one relatively low year, but many years are much higher than that, okay? Um, Mr. Fritz collects better statistics than I do, but I've at least got my little piece of it. I would also, along with Dr. Hattier's motion, like to point out that my biggest issue is pretty much the fact that the governor and Dr. Bunning, who carries his water, has decided to take power away from the local school districts. Why are we elected to a position if we're not here to voice the opinion of the constituents? I have sent many emails to Dr. Rattay and Dr. Bunting. I will give Dr. Bunting credit for at least responding. Dr. Rattay treats me like I don't exist. And many of the questions that I have asked are the same questions based on the same research that we've heard all of you folks up here ask about. And she just simply figures to ignore us and leave it at that. And that's something that as a you know, practicing chiropractor and a member of the medical community, I deeply do not appreciate. Any further discussion from any other board members at this time? Motion made for no confidence. It was seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? No. Ms. Troublefield, will you please poll the board? Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? No. Don't don't Carl? boo. Don't boo. Don't don't do that. Don't. He's got a reason. I get it. That's what makes America great. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. You skipped me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ms. Moses? That's why I had to pee. Yes, I support no confidence. Okay. And I agree with parental choice. Amen. Nine yes, one no, zero abstention. The vote of no confidence passes by majority vote. Before we go further, I, I have actually one motion that I would like to present. It'll be quick. 
Before I do, I want to commend everybody here this evening for your actions and behavior. As to other school districts, it's no wonder any River School District continues to lead the way in education and community. Um, this meeting has gone extremely well. Uh, no need to end it early or not start at all. So everybody here, I, I give a hand to. Um, the motion that I would like to make, and this is something that everybody in the audience can do. You want to know what you can do? Here it is right in the order. <clears throat> Petition for recommendations. And according with Title 29 of the, Del of the Delaware Code, the Department of Education will receive, consider, and respond to petitions by any interested persons for reconsideration or revision of the amendments to the emergency regulation by addressing the petitions to the Department of Education, Office of the Secretary, Attention Regulation Review. Anybody can petition DOE to revise and review, reconsider this mandate. By law, they do have to respond to you. I would uh, recommend anybody that wants to move to the next level and you're not sure what to do, that is an option. My motion this evening is for Indian River School District to submit a petition to the Department of Education, Dr. Bunning, Governor Carney, to reconsider or revise the emergency order placed on the state under Code 14 and Title 29 of Delaware Code. Your recommendation was for this district. You Can you tailor that or word that so it's this board? <coughs> or do you want the district? Uh, that the school board. I'll say, the, okay, that the school board submit a petition to the Department of Education, Dr. Bunning, Governor Carney, to reconsider or revise the emergency order placed in force under Code 14 and Title 29 of the Delaware Code. There's a motion for the petition to reconsider. Second. Is there a second? second? There's a motion made and seconded. Is there any further discussion upon the petition? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. I'll be happy uh, to take care of writing up the petition and reviewing it with you and Dr. Owens, if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Fritz. Thank you. Dr. Owens, did you want to continue on with your 2021-2022 uh, school year? Yes, thank you. Moving into instruction, we will continue to use and support the district-approved core curricula, programs, learning platforms, and technology tools. Instruction will be standards-driven standards based on learning-focused prioritized standards. IRSD is committed to providing devices for our students. As such, we have purchased 6,000 additional touchscreen Chromebook devices to supplement and replace our existing fleet of student devices. For the start of the 21-22 school year, every student will be provided a device to assist with in-person learning. Families will be required to fill out a simple device agreement affirming that they will use the device appropriately, return if necessary, and be financially liable should damage in a malicious or negligent manner occur. On to emotional and mental health supports. Emphasis will be placed on student social and emotional health as we return to school this year. Each school has established a targeted intervention for student support team that reviews student data and input from classroom teachers to provide intervention plans as needed. Upon return to school, all parents guardians will be asked to fill out a brief screener to provide the school some information about needed areas of support or concern for their student. Teachers and staff will be provided a checklist of social emotional items to monitor all students. 
I'll take any questions with instruction and emotional and support and before moving into quarantine and uh, finalizing vaccination and testing. Any other questions? Dr. Owens, please move forward. Uh, finally, when a positive case is reported for one of our students or employees, our school administrators and nurses will consult with a DPH epidemiologist. The epidemiologist determines who should quarantine and this information is shared directly with the persons impacted. Quarantine is utilized as a mitigation strategy to, present, pre, excuse me, to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in our schools. And finally, vaccination and testing, the district continues to update our social media platforms with the latest information on testing and vaccination sites. And we will continue to update that as needed. And that concludes my report on the 21-22 opening for the school year. Any questions for Dr. Owens? Any further discussion before we move on from this topic? Actually, I'd like to make a quick comment. Yes, sir. Dr. Owens, I know you and your staff, um, with everything that's been talked about, are up against an awful lot of really hard um, decisions. And I know that you guys are all working basically for the good of the students, and I thank you for the time. And we know that a lot of what you're doing may end up be subject to revision on short notice. Okay, and this is a burden on everybody, you, the staff, um, teachers, everybody in the entire district. But um, personally, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Hattier. We've got a strong group of uh, teachers, administrators, yes, uh, overall staff in general that have worked really hard over the last 18 months to try to get us to a place where we can get back to a traditional school year. And we are super excited to open our doors here this fall. And I'm, I'm super appreciative of this team, many of which are here tonight, that have worked to uh, make the best out of a, a very, very bad situation. So uh, a lot of, uh, lot of gratitude goes to the team here at Indian River. And we've got a, a strong group of individuals um, all the way through our organization. Thank you. Yep. One, one note of clarity before we move on with the rest of our agenda, and I apologize for having to be the <clears throat> referee on the field. We voted for a vote of no confidence, mm -hmm. and we voted for a petition. However, the governor's mandate rules are in effect in this school come this school year. I want that clarified. We are trying to work within the rules that are set in front of us, and we're speaking out as a board, and also just some more conversations I think it's important for everyone to hear. The number one goal is obviously the safety of our students and to keep our students in the classroom. We think that's the most important role that there is. The mass mandate, we've lo we lose local control with this mass mandate. The number one thing is the safety of our students and getting our students in the classroom. They are not getting as quality of an education, in my opinion, if they are not in the classroom. So that is a discussion that many board members have shared. There's a board member here that did vote in opposition tonight and I can tell you after listening to him speak that was a very big concern is how are we going to be able to keep our kids in the classroom because that that's that's the number one goal um, many of us here are parents I'm a parent I'm a parent of a daughter that lost her senior year last year I'm a parent of a 10 year old it's in elementary school I'm a parent I feel what you guys are living through I'm living through it too I'm very frustrated as a board member 
and I think this was what we could do to exercise what role, what little local control we have within our district. So just as one person on the board, I wanted to give clarity to what we voted on and the direction I thought the board should go. So thank you. Anybody else before we move forward? 5.03, certificate of necessity, Sussex Central High School and then its classrooms. Thank you. As Mr. Booth approaches the podium uh, briefly, we, as part of our new Sussex Central High School, we will have classrooms, as is the case in our current Sussex Central High School, for our students with disabilities that are served through the Howard Tienis program. Uh, as part of this new build, we have the uh, availability to request from the state through a certificate of necessity to allow for uh, the state to fund those classrooms in our new building. So we would ask for the board to take action tonight on that. I will uh, turn it over to Mr. Booth for uh, some additional clarity. And I can say that our architects that have worked with us through this project are also here to answer any questions this evening. Mr. Booth? That's correct. Uh, thank you. Good evening. Mr. President, uh, during our planning sessions with ABHA and BSA architects, it was discussed to ask for funding for specialized NS portion of the new Sussex Central High School. A CN application must be sent to DOE requesting funding for the classrooms and the space requirements. We are asking the board to approve that request and we'll report back on the decision. If the board is interested, um, a motion to approve the CN request submission for the dedicated NS space at the new high school is required. And I believe in your board packets we have uh, submitted some documents uh, along with a letter that Dr. Owens um, has authored. I'd like to make a motion that we support um, the certificate of necessity. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Is there any further discussion on the certificate of necessity? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those likely require a formal bid and specifics relating to each different school. In your board docs, there should be a tally sheet of who responded to that RFP. These firms are all capable and have been reviewed by a scoring committee. We are asking for a motion to accept the recommendation of GIPE Associates to complete this work. The money to pay for these, this project and to pay for the uh, GIPE Associates will come out of ESERP money. Is there a motion? Yes, this was discussed the buildings and grounds, and I would like to make a motion. We support it. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Thank you, Mr. Booth. Indian River High School Artisan Proposal. Okay, at our recent uh, committee meeting, George Phillips from Martesian uh, presented a proposal. It should be in your board docs. Uh, about looping the water line servicing the Indian River High School. Uh, they would pick up the existing line, which is um, in front of the tennis courts, and run to a new pipe to the south side of the property across the service road and then to Armory Road, which is in front of Indian River High School. This would put the high school in a loop system with two approaches rather than at the end of the current existing line. Uh, they would install two meters, uh, one for the school, one for the concession stand. Uh, they would also compensate the district for the existing cast iron pipe 
uh, at $100,000, which also includes an easement. Uh, they would maintain all the amenities. The agreement has been reviewed and modified by the district's attorney, and it is recommended uh, that we proceed with this. We would need a motion uh, to be made and passed in favor of the artesian water proposal. Uh, the folks from artesian are here if there are any questions. Again, extensively reviewed at buildings and grounds, and we do recommend that the uh, proposal go through. So I'm going to make a motion. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. And those thank opposed? you, Mr. Booth, for the good explanation. Thank you, Connie. Mr. Booth. Philip C. Shell, elementary school garden request. Thank you. 5.06. Uh, Philip Shell, school garden request. Uh, this request is also in your board docs. Uh, Principal Kerr, who's with us uh, tonight, made a presentation, very good presentation, to Buildings and Grounds Committee to build a garden consisting of four bids, four feet by 12 feet each, and with a tool shed uh, located nearby. The project will be built for $3,825 and will be paid, will be completed and paid for by the Coastal Gardeners Club. It is a program for healthy foods for healthy kids. Besides space, the district will provide a new water spigot. And what we need uh, to move forward with this project is a motion to approve. And Principal Kerr is with us here tonight if you have any questions. Repetitious, but I support that one too. I'd like to In favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, 5.08, student funding request, Philip Shaw, Playground Mulch. Uh, 5.07 is, is first, and I did combine 5.07 with 5.08. Thanks, sir. Um, again, uh, Philip Chow uh, has a playground renovation project. This request is also in your board docs. Principal Kerr informed the Buildings and Grounds Committee um, that the school has been awarded Lowe's 100 Hometowns Grant worth $100,000. It will be used to renovate the playground and involved a community build work day. The district will provide uh, the labor and use of a backhoe. And as I mentioned, I'd like to combine 5.08. The cost of the mulch is around $6,000, which it was suggested to use the student funding account. Um, a motion to approve both 5.07 and 5.08 is recommended, uh, and it should include the source of funds from the student activity fund. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. And, and if I, I could just mention, um, Mrs. Kerr, we really appreciate your team and submitting that. Help me remember because you shared it at. I told you to come up. Lowe's 100 Hometowns is for Lowe's 100th anniversary. There were over 3,000 projects in the United States that put in. Uh, one of our PTO moms, Blair Catlin Brown, put in for our PTO um, as a community playground in the town of Selbyville since there is not one. Um, and so we beat out over 3,000 other recipients to win the $100,000 Lowe's grant. So it is a very fast turnaround. I appreciate you voting. Um, the playground has to be the current playground has to be pulled out and the new playground has to be put in by October 31st. So it is a very large scale project on a pretty quick timeline. So I appreciate you guys voting on it tonight. 
Um, the town of Selbyville is also considering adding um, some pieces of equipment and Mount Air is also willing to help with resurfacing our basketball court since that is a large area for the community. Um, so they are also coming alongside of us partnering. So we are very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Booth. And uh, 5.9 is Sussex Central High School soccer uniforms. The copy of the soccer uniform should be in your packet. Yes, this is uh, an interesting request, and this did come in after our finance committee at which we typically approve these uniforms. Uh, the request came in from uh, an organization that recently held an event here at Sussex Central on these fields. They have asked if they can purchase new soccer uniforms for the soccer team. I know uh, Dr. Brin uh, Dr. Layfield is here uh, if we have any questions, but that is a, a, a nice gesture and we wanted to get that before the board. I apologize, we typically do uh, vet that through the finance committee. The color scheme does, uh, does fit within our, our uh, color scheme uh, policy, excuse me. Uh, it does not include the uh, American flag. We could look at that as we've looked to include that on these uniforms in the past. Uh, Dr. Leifa, did I miss anything? No, I've been told by our athletic director that the addition of the American flag is, is pretty simple as we have done with a BSN mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. um, this would be a donation from the group that utilized their fields a few weekends ago for a very large soccer tournament. They'll be making a donation to the athletics, um, to our internal athletics account, and our athletic director will purchase it in line with all the other uniforms. Soccer was due for new uniforms next year, so it's not too far off from when they would have been replaced anyway. And I think that's a, a great token of appreciation for the, for the group that had a very, very large event a couple weekends ago. But I will make sure that we get the American flag put on there. That's pretty simple. Is there a motion? With the American flag, so moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Uh, just a little discussion before we move forward with it. It was a large event here at the high school about two weekends ago. Mm -hmm. And the Sunday night, Monday morning afterwards, it looked like a large event was here. And that event sent people here and cleaned this place immaculately but it was probably hundreds of people that, that were here in this area, and there was a lot of trash to be cleaned up, and I was most impressed when Monday afternoon we rolled around, this place was cleaned up. So they put time and effort in to clean up their mess, didn't damage the fields, and I think this is a good organization because the turnaround on that were these uh, soccer Fantastic. teams. So motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Old business. 6.01, major capital planning. Yes, uh, new Sussex Central High School as discussed under 5.03. Uh, this evening we will move forward with submitting a certificate of necessity for expenses related to dedicated NS classroom space. The schematic plans were shared during our most recent buildings and grounds meetings and will be discussed again during our next buildings and grounds committee meeting. We hope to have finalized schematics available for consideration and action during our September board meeting as required by the state. Our next phase will be the design plans followed by state comments. They have revised the list of intersections to reflect improvements made by DelDOT in 2020. They've helped with guidance on seasonal adjustment factors. They've removed unneeded guidance on traffic counts and revised trip distributions to reflect mentioned safety improvements. I would like to add that Deputy DelDOT Deputy Secretary Shante Hastings will present next month concerning the Sussex Central High School traffic impact study and the projects affecting our district transportation routes as uh, requested by this board last month. Uh, and our biweekly meetings 
for the new Sussex Central High School continue. Did you advise that was the Deputy Secretary of Delta? Yes, Shante Hastings. That's yes. impressive. We talked about it at the board meeting. We'd like to have a little input from DelDot with the buildings that we got going on, and that is awesome that we got DelDot's attention and we have the deputy director coming. And I think there was plans for maybe her to come tonight, but we thought there was another pressing issue to get through, and she changed her schedule. We'll be coming at a later date. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very impressed with uh, what I've seen so far with participation from DelDot. <laughs> Mr. Booth, I'm sorry, but I had to say that. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. 6.02 Howard Tienis. Construction is continuing with mostly good but hot weather as you experienced this evening. The building pad will be complete when Area B is poured this week. Area B is the natatorium and the pool section. No word on the state's market pressure funds to address possibly three change orders that we currently have. There will be a media event for signing notice prior to that. I'll keep you updated. Substantial completion date is still expected for May 31st, 2022 and there is a concern on the delivery of roofing insulation material that could impact this project. That concludes uh, my update for Howard Tiennes. Any questions on Howard Tiennes? George W. Carver, consent, sir. Dr. Brittingham. Good evening, everyone. Thank you. Just a few quick updates. The former Carver students that opted to <coughs> attend summer programming did really well. Progress updating reports are being completed now to prepare for programming for the start of the school year to make sure we have everyone in the right place. Um, the Indian River School District Community Advisory Board has announced its dates for the 2021-2022 quarterly meetings. They will all be at Millsboro Middle School, 4.30 to 6.30 on October 5th, December 9th, March 1st, 2022, and June 9th, 2022. Thank you. Any questions? Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Brittingham. Anything further, Dr. Owens? Not under old business. Thank you. Committee report 7.01, Building and Grounds. Doc? Buildings and Grounds, Howard Tienes Construction. Um, one of the issues that we have had uh, ongoing is that the cost of the materials have vastly exceeded uh, what we originally budgeted. And while the state does have a program to make up a lot of that, it's called market pressure uh, type money, uh, that expired on July 31st. So any, in, any bills sent after that are kind of in limbo at the moment, even though I know our people and many other schools are going through the same thing, and they are asking the state to make up uh, what those extra prices would be. Almost every contract has a, uh, an increased clause in it, three to five percent, and as we know, materials right now are anywhere between 20, 30 percent or more higher, um, which is something we could not have planned for when we went to referendum. So we have asked the state to step up and pay for that. Other districts are in the same boat, um, so um, so probably will resolve, but you need to be aware of it, okay? Architect's note, uh, last buildings and grounds meeting, we had a really good presentation complete with maps, layouts, and everything else. And I'd like to encourage the folks who've been here to uh, come to the office. Uh, Mr. Layfield will be happy, Dr. Layfield will be happy to show you what the plans are. And from what I've seen, this is going to be a fabulous building that is really being planned not for just now, but for expandability for the next 10 to 12 years. And that says a lot for the design team, and I think it's a really good thing. Y'all need to take the time to go down and take a look at that. It's beautiful, okay? We're gonna get complaints from Indian River. I know that's gonna happen, but separate item. Okay, central water system, we talked about the artesian. That's a win-win for everybody. Uh, natural gas, Chesapeake Utilities, it has been connected. They're working on the inside. Some buildings and ground stuff, nothing big. Chiller replacement. 
Uh, we discussed that because we do need an engineer to handle that. We're replacing a lot of our older chiller, uh, our cooling tower units, which work with chillers. And frankly, that is something that needs an engineering input, not a school board member's input. Um, JMC stands, uh, as well as Georgetown Middle, those are older stands, uh, safety hazards. They've been disassembled and we hope to have them down before the start of classes. Okay, cooling towers we talked about, artesian we talked about, the school garden's been done, hometown grant, which personally I think whoever pulled that off, magnificent, wonderful stuff, way to go to keep us at the top of the list. Thank you so much. That was a good, good score. And that's it. Thank you, Doc. Any questions? 7.02, Comprehensive School Safety. Mr. Cathal? Yes, Mr. Layfield, uh, I do have an update from last month. So at last month's meeting, I announced that we had sent two of our constables to an NRA school in Coatesville, Pennsylvania. So Constables Josh Worrell and Barry Wheatley successfully completed that course. It was a 44-hour NRA law enforcement handgun instructor school. Um, that ran from August 2nd through the 6th. Uh, they both pass and they are both now certified as NRA LE uh, handgun instructors and this enables them to instruct all of our current constables in handgun qualifications as well as uh, do drills with them that they learned at this class. Thank you for the update. Any yes, questions? 7.03, finance. Doc? Finance. Uh, first, thank you to Tammy for getting everything down to a nice readable input. Um, <coughs> and it's short and sweet now as opposed to lengthy. Okay, uh, we discussed the conversation. Well, actually, where's Tammy? You do this one, you do it better than me. Are we talking about the monthly invoices? Yes. Okay, so I discussed with our legal counsel whether the board needed to approve the monthly invoices at the board meetings. Um, he said no, at a minimum, the board needs to approve contracts, change orders, and the monthly financial reports, so they have been removed from the agenda for tonight and going forward. Yep, it just kind of straight. That will, that's later on in the agenda. Oh, the okay. rest of it. Basically, that's it. We've streamlined this down to a tremendous degree from 20 years ago. And uh, as somebody who stays late, thank you. Thanks, Doc. 7.04 curriculum. Dr. Stadler? No report. We meet again in September. Thank you, ma'am. 7.05, DSBA Board of Directors. No report. 7.06, DSBA Legislative. Doc? They just announced that there's going to be one in October. I don't know the date, and I'm sure they did the same thing for you. It's coming up. We'll have a report probably in November, um, depending on what it is in October. Thank you. Mr. Peden, with us turning to Mary Bailey scholarship over, is there a need to keep this committee uh, reports going, or are we going to be I, I sunsetting rec it? I recommend disbanding the, the committee. The reason being all local funds have been dispersed. All applications go to the bank's trust department out of state. They make the decision, they send the check, so there's no reason for us to even meet, no inf information. You don't need a motion to pull that off. We can just pull that off, correct, Doc? I believe so, yes. Okay, thank you. Got thank it, you, Mr. Pete. 7.08, Special Education Task Force. Dr. Stadler. Thank you. We have two updates. Uh, we have recently added two new members to our committee, Brandon Gibbs from Georgetown Elementary and Matthew Kleinstuber from Millsboro Middle. So welcome to both of those. Uh, our group did meet this morning and finalized our selections for this year's ambassadors, which we will announce in September, and then we honor them at our October board meeting. Uh, and we also work today on finalizing our plans for special education week. Thank you. Any questions? Thank you, Dr. Stadler. 7.09, policy. Chief? 
Yes, sir. The policy committee met on August 9th. Um, I was unable to attend, so thank you for those that stood in my place. Uh, five policies were brought up for review and discussion. As a result, one policy, um, or J, athletic policies, um, there's some proposed changes to that policy to um, follow along with the DIAA. You'll see the policy is in your packet. <clears throat> Excuse me, if you would just review it and uh, we'll take discussion at our next policy meeting. Any questions? Thanks, Chief. 710, IRA rep. Jerry Manuel. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Uh, I want to applaud the audience for their passionate, well put together presentation, for sure. Um, I also want to applaud the board for the bold steps that they took tonight. Um, that might not be the opinion of everybody, but uh, that's it. I think that the steps taken were well deserved. Um, I do want to let you know that we did a poll um, of over 800 employees we sent out. We asked about the masks, and we had three choices. Everybody masked, no masked, or just unvaccinated people masked. The results were pretty split evenly. Um, so no matter what decision you make, about two-thirds of the people are not going to get what they want. <laughs> so, I mean, that being said, you know, not everybody's going to agree. So it does take a bold step. It does take people that are boisterous and willing to stand up for what they want. The best you can hope for is to be equitable to everybody. That being said, the issue I want, would like to address is the quarantine issue. Any River School District currently defaults its quarantine uh, procedures to DPH. DPH is following the CDC guidelines. We know that vaccinations at best reduce the possibility of contracting COVID yourself, but do nothing to mitigate the spread or transmission. So a vaccinated asymptomatic person can still transmit COVID. Currently, if two teachers are in the same classroom, one vaccinated, one not vaccinated, and they're in an elementary classroom and they are exposed at work, the guidance says asymptomatic vaccinated people can continue to work and should get a test three to five days after. The unvaccinated asymptomatic teacher is automatically quarantined by the district and has to use their personal days to cover that time. If that person has no days, then they get a dock pay. That could cost that person thousands of dollars. What happens and what is the district planning to do when that unvaccinated employee's test comes back negative and you force them out into quarantine? Will their pay be restored? We, had a, we knew that they were exposed. That vaccinated asymptomatic person with known exposure was permitted to be around unvaccinated elementary school students. This question was posed to the district's DPH liaison and he had no rationale for this other than to say it was the compromise. If this is truly about the health of the students and <coughs> quarantine is gonna be used to mitigate the spread, then there would be no compromise. Vaccinated, or unvaccinated. Like the audience is asking for masks to be a choice, vaccination should also be a choice. Should not be forced with the potential of that docked in pay. If the district plans to quarantine, then the quarantine should be equal for everybody. Thank you.
Superintendent's report, 8.01, activities, doctor? Yes, within your board documents that you have this evening is a comprehensive list of my weekly activities for the end of July and through August. I would like to uh, just say uh, thank you to those involved with today's event where we welcomed in our 75 uh, give or take new staff members. Uh, we had a, a very nice welcome and a full day of activities which will continue throughout this week. So uh, it was a wonderful event. We are excited to have our new individuals on board and uh, everyone was lively and ready to get the school year started uh, here today. So um, with that, that concludes my activities for the month. Thank you, Dr. Owen. Letter of appreciation, 8.02. Yes, we received a letter from Millsboro Police Department, chief contribution to our first annual Police Youth Academy. Since this was our first year, we faced many hurdles and challenges, but this class could not have gone any better. This program was made possible by all the generous donations and instructors who sacrificed their time to make a positive impact on our youth. It is our sincere hope the children who participated in this program will be able to build leadership qualities, helping them become successful in life regardless of their future aspirations. Our agency is truly grateful for your support as we continue to work together to brighten the families in our community and we hope to work with you again in the future. Uh, again, signed, uh, Chief Brian Calloway. Thanks, sir. <clears throat> financial reports. Is there a motion to accept financial summaries for the month ending in July? So moved. Motion second. made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote, ma'am. Good evening. Your reports are as of July 31st. We were 8% of the way through the fiscal year. So far, we've received $92 million in total revenue, $6 million of which was discretionary. Our local tax revenue was $116,000. We received $0 of interest in July, but have been assured by the Treasurer's Office that that should go back up in the second quarter of this fiscal year. We spent $17.6 million in total expenses, $5.4 million of which were discretionary. The ILC programs have spent $156,000, and Ennis has spent $1 million. Student activity funding balance is approximately 522,000. For SSRF 1 funding, we received 2.9 million, have 21,000 encumbered, have spent 2.7 million, and have 161,000 remaining. SSRF 2 funding, we received 13.1 million, have 219,000 encumbered, and have spent $2.8 million. We have 10.1 million remaining in those funds location. We have $33.1 million in federal funds available and are holding $1.1 million in donations and student funds and internal accounts. For major cap, we spent $1.4 million in July. For minor cap, we've spent approximately $2.5 million um, of the funds available and have a balance remaining of $748,000. Is there a motion to approve the major cap capital improvements for the month of July 30th? So moved. Motion second. made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 9.03. Minor cap improvements for the month of July. Is there a motion? Do we get through the minor cap? Yes. Is there, is there a motion to accept minor so, cap? So moved. So motion made and second. second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 
Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. And the financial position report. Yes, this is the quarterly report that's due to DOE um, to show our actual balances, projected income, and projected expenses. Um, this is for the period July 1st through October 15th. Um, so with our remaining funds available at July 1st, with the projected income and the projected expenses, um, I'm estimating $20.1 million in available funds through October 15th. So I need an approval on that report. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Passes by unanimous vote. Thank, Thank you, you. Communications 10.01, use of facility requests. Yes, our first request is for the use of Sussex Central High School parking lot and school grounds on November 13th, 2021, with a rain date of November 14th, 2021, which is a Sunday, by the Greater Millsboro Chamber of Commerce. And in looking through the application, it is for a Veterans Day fireworks celebration where they will have fireworks, food, and non-food food vendors. I have talked to Dr. Layfield about this event. Uh, he does feel comfortable with them holding the event here and we have looked into uh, appropriate certifications and uh, those are indeed in place for the fireworks, including uh, appropriate insurances. Do we need Is there a motion? We motion. do. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second? second. Motion made and second. Is there a discussion? I just think it's very nice that this school is being used as a community yes. school. We're being, uh, we're assisting Millsboro with the fireworks. I think it's awesome. When you came here tonight, you could see football and soccer. This is the, the focal point of the community, and I think it's awesome that we see that and we're building upon this complex. So Totally agree. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 10.02 field trip request, sir. Yes, the first one is an overnight trip by Indian River High School boys soccer team today through tomorrow, the 20, uh, 2021, to Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, we looked into this because we did get this late. Uh, unfortunately, the soccer coach submitted this via email to, the, uh, to someone with the same name as the principal. Thus, it got hung up. We weren't aware that it, we, it was awaiting approval. Uh, I did contact uh, our board leadership and they felt uh, prudent for us to move forward. So the soccer team did not miss out on the event, but mm -hmm. that is why those dates are today and tomorrow, and it did not come to us sooner. Uh, it was sent to the wrong email address. So we need a so motion moved. make, motion made is there a second? Yeah. Second. Go motion forward. made and second. Any further discussion? <laughs> All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. The second is an overnight trip by seven. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Now, 11, personnel section. 11.01, .01, personnel agenda. Is there a motion to accept the personnel agenda minus number 60? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, is there a motion to accept the uh, number 60? So motion made? Second. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Abstain. Mr. Troublefield, will you please poll the board? Mr. Castle? Abstain. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Mo Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. 
Mrs. Wright? Yes. <coughs> Nine yes, zero no, one abstention. Passed by majority vote. 11.02, uh, personnel addendum. Is there a motion to approve the personnel addendum? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Contractual agenda for other discussion. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 11.04, 100% locally funded salary positions scale. Is there a motion to accept? So, so moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Come a time in our board meeting at the conclusion where we allow public comments. Uh, we exhausted the, uh, the time for all the people to speak in the beginning of the meeting. If there's somebody that would like to speak public comment, please move yourself to the podium at this time. We've allotted 15 minutes for it. Please introduce yourself if you're going to go to the podium, please. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, my name is Patience Drummond. And I know I missed part of the meeting, but my biggest thing is we're talking about our kids' choice and our choice. The choice to wear the mask and the choice not to. And I know you guys already spoke about it and I know you talked about it. But what about the choice for our kids who did better as IEP students to stay home? What about the choice for students who don't have the opportunity or don't or are afraid, let me put it like that, afraid to even step foot in the school because they're afraid they're gonna get sick. My biggest thing is as a person of color, and no, this is not a race thing, but as a person of color, it's a big deal for those who don't know. When I called the school and I called the board and I talked to everyone, half of the students, parents that are out there did not know that laptops were offered did not know that they were even going back to school. Did not understand why are we going back to school when there's two more virus as someone who cares, as someone who teaches. It's hard for me to tell my son, you have to go back to school because he's scared of getting COVID. And yes, there's vaccines, yes, you have to wear your mask. But the thing is, you're making it mandatory. The school is making it mandatory for the kids not to have an option, as a parent to have an option. And that's what bugs me the most, not having the option. Because my thing is, if we choose for them not to wear masks, then let's choose for the ones who are scared, the ones who are afraid. And yes, there's mental health things that they can go to and utilize and use. But what about the ones who are IEP students? That's my biggest thing. My son is an IEP student and he was at home doing better than he was in school because I helped him. Yes, he got, he got help from one teacher, one teacher. I had to call the school multiple times because my son's teachers weren't even helping him. My son didn't have the second teacher in his class to even help him. But I was the one, me and my family were the ones to say, hey, I'm gonna help you through this. My son passed to the next grade and not one time did any of his teachers say, hey, do you need help? That's my biggest thing. My son did better at home than he did in the school building. Thank you. There's no one signed up. Is there anyone else in the public that would like to speak? 
Go right ahead, please come up and introduce yourself, ma'am. You've got three minutes. Okay, thank you so much. It's my second time speaking, but I want to speak about a whole other subject. I spoke briefly to a principal this evening who was kind enough to enlighten me on the, the board or how it's going to be handled with this CRT. Speaking of crit critical race theory, if someone on the board can please enlighten me in the audience why we're going to even think of doing that and when does it get implemented and how do we get a printout of what it is and why. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Ma'am, could we get your name, please? Yes, yeah, certainly. Eileen, Mrs. Eileen Mooney. So, Dr. We don't Owens, usually make correct? comments, but can I say something about that? Sure. Okay, I've been in touch with Dr. Bunning on this for a long time. They're calling it something other than CRT at this point. It's going to be introduced into in 22-23, so not anytime soon. Whatever curriculum ends up being uh, produced is that we as a community, all of us, have a chance to get to look at this um, in some kind of a presentation and to be able to get your input as to what we feel. Okay, you asked why are we doing this because they just passed a law in the state of Delaware that said we have to. But they're calling it something other than CRT. Um, to paraphrase Shakespeare, any other name but a skunk is still a skunk. Thank you. Okay, so to me this is something we as a community have a right to take a look at and we should be able to, to give input to it um, in a different way than perhaps the mask benefit, but I, I think this is one where we do have a chance to make a meaningful change mm -hmm. and to at least make it come out neutral. Now, would it be voted on individual districts or not? Again, my understanding is, and this is always subject to change and verification, okay. is that they're going to present a program. The law said that we would have the chance to modify okay. it. Okay, mm -hmm. now we all know how the government feels about their dictates and the laws. So yes. it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's 22 23. All I can do is ask people to pay very close attention to what's going on out there. And if you hear something that we don't, okay, you know, you guys out there are our best information source, period. Every one of you knows at least one board member, and you should call us. Thank, thank you for the time. Thank you. If I could just. Um, you know, raising our children with the idea that because you're black, you're oppressed. If you're white, you're a bad person. And we, know, we all know that that's what it's about. And if you don't, you're kidding yourself. I listened to a very well-educated, light-skinned black man. Doesn't matter what he was, thank, thank you. Um, there, he, was, he actually turned the mind of the the Board of Education recently. It is on YouTube. I strongly suggest you pull it up. If we implement this, we are going to put more divide. There are more interracial marriages, more interracial children. They don't see color. Why would we, in God's name, teach this in our education system? If you want to teach it, teach it at home. Teach faith. Teach love. Respect for each other. I will be totally disgusted if it does come to fruition here, and you will, I will be here to speak my mind, just like it did years ago about the darn state testing that put a, you know, put a poster on the sign of, of the back of kids that weren't going to be able to play sports and do this and that because they failed the state test. I will be here, and I say that in a polite way. I know I'm getting a little excited here, 
but I can't believe in this day and age that we are going to even think or allow that to be implemented in the education system. We teach math, we teach correct history, we teach social studies, we, you know, we teach gym, we, you know, nutrition, that would be nice. We teach children to get along with each other, not based on the color of their skin. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. God bless you all. Good night. No one signed up to speak for the second half. Does that conclude the public speaking this evening? Oh, we got one more. I'm sorry, ma'am. Go right ahead. Please introduce yourself. You have three minutes. Yes, my name is Diana Collins. I am a grandparent. I'm here to say and represent all of the students and parents that feel the way that they feel. I, I noticed that everybody in the back of me almost was saying no mass, okay? Their choice. Their young, their young man got up and said, it should be a choice whether to be vaccinated or not. That's choice. Then why not give the choice to the parent whether or not to send their children to school? Why can't we continue to use the laptops if that's what we choose to do so that our children can feel safe? It should be a parent's choice, a child's choice. It should not be made. If everything else is a choice, then so shall that be also a choice. Continue to use the laptops until they get a handle on what's going on. Not for everyone, but for the ones that choose to do so. If we're going to do choice, then let's do choice all the way around. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Mr. Layfield, I'd like to just say quickly that any parents that are, all the parents that are still left, the administrators on stage and the employees sitting in front of you, they're not your enemies. They're working through extremely hard and unprecedented times and they're on your side uh, in the community. Um, the reason I'm on this board is because of how proud I am of this school district job that they do. Um, Mr. Manuel, I appreciate your comments tonight from the union. And uh, I want to make sure that we thank the custodial staff uh, who went through such hard work in making this happen this evening and the work they're going to be doing after we've all left tonight, breaking this down and putting it away. Uh, appreciate the job you do. Thanks. Anything further come before the board? We're, all, we're out here. Maybe we'll take a look at it. We think that Bermuda grass. <laughs> I think it looks good. <laughs> Thank you for coming out this night. The grass Meeting is adjourned. beautiful. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Okay. It's amazing.